Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Let's take a quick break. You know what's one of my favorite things to do post-dancing rehearsal? Not going to lie, it's putting on some sweatpants immediately and having a drink. You all know I love a glass of wine or two, but I also like to switch it up. So lately, Jason and I have been making a little cocktail at night using Rum Haven. Rum Haven believes Mother Nature did things right, so it's crafted using real coconut water and not using artificial preservatives or flavorings. It is so incredibly refreshing. I mentioned I like to add it to a cocktail, but it's also actually great over ice with a splash of club soda. It tastes like I'm on vacation, sitting on an island somewhere far, far away which is without a doubt a great feeling, especially during these crazy times. So make sure to follow at Rum Haven on Instagram because they post all types of these seasonal recipes. They do giveaways and tips. Plus, when you go to discover.rumhaven.com, you can find their latest blogs, quizzes, and any promotions they have going on. On one of their latest blog posts, they actually have some tips about planning your virtual watch party, which is pretty perfect since everyone's favorite reality show is back on Tuesdays. Be sure to have a little virtual drink with me, sip some Rum Haven, maybe even while you're listening to the pod. Let me know what you think. Happy Sunday morning here, and welcome to another episode of Collider Mailbag, or as it's known, what you're going to watch until you get to Game of Thrones tonight. <laughs> Everyone's super excited for that coming out tonight. So, And we've got our own show doing a live review show of it later on after the show uh, airs. We're going to do a review of it live. Me, Dennis Zhang, Haley Fouch, and Ashley Victoria Robinson. You must know Dennis and Ashley have been doing the uh, What the Throne podcast. What the Throne? What the Throne oh, over there on Collider. But look. Someone who is going to be watching comfortably from her home with her husband. That is Wendy Lee. She is stepping in to join me today on Mailback. How are you, Wendy? Yeah, I'm so excited. It's Sunday. It's Game of Thrones Day. <laughs> I'm excited. I couldn't sleep. And yeah. I'm sad that there's going to be, like, not of a long of a season. Yeah, it's only, like, what, six final. episodes or something like what that? what the heck, man? They're going to make each episode the two throne? hours, though. What the throne? What the throne? What the throne, man? <laughs> it's going to be, like, it's gonna be like almost like a BBC series. They do those things. Like, Luther's, like, an hour and ten minutes per episode. I kind of want to come and watch here, though. I feel like you're going to do it right. You're going to have, like, what, food? Yeah. Some drinks? A party? We're going to have a live watch-along. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Nobody better talk. So. Nobody better talk. Pff, Nobody's crowd? supposed to talk. Yeah, exactly. We put the subtitles on yeah, so yeah. we don't people, miss anything. People get upset if people talk. It's, <laughs> it gets, you think your you think your people are crazy to watch Game of Thrones? Collider fam is crazy for Game of Thrones, and it gets hairy if you even deign to speak during <laughs> don't an episode. Breathe. That's don't right. blink. Don't even blink. Well, one thing we really enjoy from you all is getting the questions uh, to talk about here on Mailbag. When, I, when we put the calls out on social media on Instagram and on Twitter, you guys respond back. It always helps when you put the hashtag Collider Mailbag. makes it easier for me to find. Hey, if you don't like social media, you can also email us, mailbag at Collider.com. And I pour through those emails, pour through those uh, posts on social media, pick out a, like 20 to 25 that I really like, send them on to our guests, and our guests pick out five that really like it. So I think we have five really good ones here, Wendy, don't you? I really like these a lot. I think yeah. uh, especially this first question is a heavily loaded question. <laughs> Just yeah. up top. Let's do it. Wendy <laughs> said to me, number one, that's mine. I want to, don't you give it to anybody I else. You. I was yeah. like, don't let Dennis take it. <laughs> Sorry, Dennis. So saved it for you. All right, let's get into it. It's an email. It's from the Crescent. Writes, uh, hey, Roca and guest. That's me. Yes, it is. Love all the hard work you guys put in for us at 
lighter. My question is, with Game of Thrones returning this weekend and Avengers around the corner, if you had to be spoiled the ending of either Season 8 or Endgame, which would you choose and why? Thanks a lot for taking my question. Have a great day, Marco. Oof, what a loaded question. Yeah. I mean, if I had it my way, I wouldn't pick for either to be spoiled because I'm just way too invested in both. Yeah. Way to invest. I, I think I, I feel like I don't like want to punch somebody if they spoiled it for me. Uh, you know, honestly, I think I would pick Game of Thrones over. Sorry, I would rather have Game of Thrones spoiled for me okay. over Avengers because it's two different for uh, platforms, right? Mm-hmm. One, you're going to the theater, so. It's it's a it's really like a timely thing. Mm-hmm. Like, can you get those tickets opening weekend to get your butt in the seat so you can watch it with everybody else? So there's no spoilers. With Game of Thrones, I feel like if you really wanted to avoid it, mm-hmm. you could a little bit, and you can watch from the comfort of your home. Right. You don't need to buy a ticket to go to the theater to watch it. You can just say, "I'm subscribed to HBO," or "I know somebody who has HBO." Go to their house, watch it, watch it from your home, whatever. Right. So I like. It's just. I've been so invested in the Avengers since Iron Man, mm-hmm. and it's been years and years. I mean, Game of Thrones too. Yeah. But I really feel like I I, I am way more connected with the the Avengers at this point. <laughs> you know, you know, for me to just be like, I don't want to spoiled. Yeah. At this point, especially now with the final movie coming. Yeah. Please don't spoil it for me. But we're see- I'm, I'm seeing it super early, so I don't think it's possible for it to be spoiled. For yeah. Me. Well, unless you know somebody at Marvel is going to start spilling the beans. No. Unlikely. It's <laughs> very unlikely if they want to keep their jobs. Um, I hear what you're saying. Absolutely. Being a comic book fan, though, like I have ideas or thoughts of what might happen. So if I had Avengers Endgame spoiled for me, it wouldn't necessarily ruin it for me because there's going to be other Marvel movies coming Correct. down the pike. With Game of Thrones, though, this is it for because, this particular story. Because so, there's no more book Yeah, to there's follow. no more book. Yeah, and, and, they've and, gone off. And these characters are supposedly done after this uh, season. So to have that spoiled for me would have an extra level of anger or frustration for me. So I, I, I wouldn't mind, well, I wouldn't say I wouldn't mind. If I had to choose <laughs> a Sophie's Choice here, I would choose to have Avengers and Endgame spoiled for me before I would choose Game of Thrones because I've invested so so much time into Game of yeah. Thrones, had to wait between seasons for so long, mm-hmm. read and listened to and heard all the speculations around it, to have it all of a sudden ruined uh, or would make me so upset and feel like I wasted all this time and yeah. didn't get the payoff that I was hoping for. And this is Game of Thrones. I, I love your point and I love your, I, I actually agree with you. You kind mm. of want me to change my answer a little bit, but I'm <laughs> going to stick to it because I've already said it. Yes. So, But it, it's just... Game of Thrones is one of those things where you're watching a TV show and you're so glued. Like yeah. you know those like uh, there's that bar I think in England or something where mm-hmm. they watch Game of oh, Thrones yeah, yeah. and everybody's like this and you're that's how I feel when I watch Game of Thrones mm-hmm. and and you're yelling and you're screaming at everything but at the same time you're like everybody be quiet. Uh, quick question for you. Yes. I know we only have 6 episodes. Yeah. Who gets who sits on the Iron Throne? Whoa. Uh in your mind, who would you want? If it's a perfect ending for you. Look, I... <laughs> You're afraid to say it. I kind of am because... <laughs> okay, don't say it. Tell me I, after the show, then. All right, all right. I don't think anybody does. <gasps> yeah, that's been my thing that everyone's like, oh, this person... I, they're the white, white walkers. walkers. They're white walkers. I, I'm, I'm just saying... They are kind of impossible to kill. Right. I mean, they just like, you kill you one, that, two pops up. Unless you have the glass, they're kind of impossible to kill. And if they wipe everything out, that's a great way to end the series. Like... 
that's life. Oh. What about the spinoffs, then? Yeah, well, the spinoffs, I don't know, right? What do they do? Maybe they go to someplace else, but the Iron oh, Throne's not involved. Oh, no and, one gets the Iron Throne? Right. But if not, it should be Daenerys. All right, moving on. <laughs> Let's see. Question number two. Garrett Nice writes, uh, with the... Oh, no, you read that one. Sorry. Okay, sorry, cool. sorry, Wendy. This is an email who comes from Garrett. How did you say it? Nice. nice. I, I say niece. Good. Oh, niece. Yeah, good. Right. With the decade in film winding down, what movies do you think will be remembered as classics from the 2010s? If I had to pick three, it would be Inception, Get Out, and Logan. Thanks, Garrett. These are great choices. I yes. didn't use any of these choices because, as I say, those are qualified already. So for me, I would throw in Moonlight, Birdman, Arrival, oh. The Social Network, mm-hmm. The Tree of Life, and A Quiet Place. I think those are all going to be classics as we go forward. Yeah. And, you know, as I went through this list, I thought, my God, how many great movies do we get? Yeah. Um, and at, same as you, I am not going to put in Inception, Get Out, and Logan, because those already count. Yes. Uh, I put in Whiplash. Oh, good uh, choice. Arrival was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I love Arrival. Um, Ex Machina. Oh, yeah. La La Land. Lady Bird. Hell or High Water. And The Shape of Water. And I put, like, Mad Max... Fury Road question mark is like it's I just had fun with that one. Yeah. I had so much fun watching it. Well, visually it's a masterpiece, yeah. I would say, and the story as well it's to take a Mad Max story and make it actually about uh Imperator Furiosa, mm-hmm. uh Charlie Throne's character. What a brilliant so decision good. and to make it work. So in that way, maybe it qualifies for classic status as well because of what it did with that genre yeah. that we hadn't seen before. You know, a lot of people would argue that Mad Max is a classic or even Road Warrior is a classic. Yeah, Certainly not exactly. Thunderdome, but those first two are classics. So those are great choices. Arrival is fantastic. So there, good. There's a lot of great films that have come out yeah. in the 2010s that people aren't necessarily claiming is like a renaissance of film. It's always been yeah. this complaint, oh, it's not a great year for film. It may not be a singular great year for film, but since 2010, we've had some very incredible films. Yeah, yeah. we really have. And I feel like our, our choices just barely scratches the surface. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I know that the people like probably in the comments like, what about this? What about this? Whatever you're saying, mm-hmm. we probably agree with you. Yeah. Um, there's just so, I mean, we could literally base an entire episode on what movie, episode of Mailbag, what yeah. movies you would pay as classics from the 2010s mm-hmm. decades. That's a, John Roca. That's a good idea. I like, kind of like that idea. <laughs> you can close this out for the new year. Yeah. Oh, that would be... For 2019. A, tw- well, you're welcome. Wendy, you're always so smart about these things. People don't give her enough credit. All right, let's move on to our next one. It's an email from Sarn Sideshow. I hope I got that right. It writes, Do you think The Rock's approach to making separate stories slash movies for Shazam and Black Adam in order to fully flesh out their characters first and then eventually have them in the same movie is the right approach for all DCU movies. I think the DCU should follow this format for heroes slash villains because it allows the movie to focus on the intended story rather than struggle with balancing all the different character setups. Wendy. I love this. Mm. I absolutely love this because when I first heard of Shazam, we already know that, I think it was back in like 2014 that The Rock's like, I'm going to play Black Adam. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. was already invested and I was like, The Rock plays whatever, I will go see whatever because he's he's one of my faves um i like that they decide that he's decided to take the time to first flush out the shazam origin story mm-hmm. and instead of rushing to get to like the hero and the and, and the anti-hero in one movie together immediately yeah he's giving a time to simmer to say let's have let's get people to know shazam because if you're a comic book fan you know who 
everybody is already mm-hmm. in that universe. For the general audience, they don't know. If you mm-hmm. say Shazam, they're like, what's a Shazam? Probably, right. Right? right? So I think he's doing this because it'll reach, it'll be better received for the wider audience. This is perfect. I would have loved to see like a cameo. <laughs> I, well, I was we, hoping. Well, don't want to do any spoilers, but there is kind of a cameo, kind of a cameo, uh, but not a hundred percent of cameo yeah. in that movie. Yeah. I am just so excited that we're now going to get a black Adam standalone yeah. and then we're going to see them together. I think that's the right way to do it. I really do. Yeah. I think for this particular thing, and that's how the I would break known. down. Yeah. And I think that's how I would break down this question is like this, I wouldn't go blanket with this uh, approach, but I would say for certain characters, it does work. I think Wendy makes a great point. Shazam's not that well known. It's my favorite DC character, but a lot of people don't know Shazam. Yeah. And so you're like, Oh, how how do I get to know Shazam? Okay, I'll present it to you in this way, and then we'll hint at another bit, and we'll hint at certain things, and then we'll see how that plays out down the road. Having Dwayne Johnson be a producer on the film lets you know that he's still very much involved in the possibility of him being Black Adam and bringing that to the forefront. And so then you get to know Black Adam, and you get to know Shazam, who at times have been against each other and at times on the same side. So you get to experience both and then decide for yourself when they meet up in a thing down the road, maybe they fight a bigger villain while they also fight themselves. Initially, they come together to fight a bigger villain down the road, Savannah and other people maybe, that would be interesting. It would be interesting. And how does the Marvel family get involved? Well, you can't say Marvel family, but how does the family get involved down the road if they appear in the film? Who knows? All these things are are possibilities as we move forward uh, with this film and with this uh, this particular section of the franchise. But but like Wendy says, if it's a lesser known character, this is actually a smart way to do it. Yeah. And we'll see how the Joker movie plays because mm-hmm. that's kind of their way of going about. We're going to get that before we get Matt Reeves' Batman. And it doesn't mean they're connected, but we're certainly going to get a solo Joker movie before we get a solo new Batman movie. That's an interesting approach, too. Oh, my God. There's, there's just so many iterations <laughs> of all these superheroes. I can't keep up sometimes. Yeah, it's true. It's true. There's a lot happening. Uh, what's our next one? Our next uh, one is an email that comes from Fred Castillo, who writes, mm-hmm. Hey, Collider Mailbag, I saw Shazam this weekend and enjoyed the movie's family message and action scenes. It got me thinking, though. Can DC bring Superman and Batman into this new lighthearted and comedic filming without seeming too dark like before? Or will it seem too goofy and unbelievable? Thanks for taking my email and keep up the good work. Loyal podcaster, Fred C. All right, I want to answer this question, but mm-hmm. I want to preface it to all the DC fans. Like, we're having a conversation, right? I'm not bashing or trying to get upset or trying to get you guys upset or trying to have anybody send me negative tweets or negative emails. It's just an opinion, you guys. We're just having an opinion conversation. So yeah, let's just be nice and this, talk to each other. This is a damn good question from Fred Castillo because we have seen this kind of complete course correction change by DC moving away from the Zack Snyder darker stuff into more of the lighter, fun aspects of superhero like aquaman was full of so much weird stuff going on my girlfriend and i were at best buy looking at a second tv a smaller second tv to put in our room and she's standing there she's never seen aquaman she's standing there watching it and when she was watching it for like 20 minutes she came up to me later and she's like i have like 40 questions and i go yeah (laughs) that's the whole point of the movie the movie's so out there and there's so much to uh watch in that movie that it leads you to this kind of like fun playful thing like wait how's this connected she goes i saw this thing bang and drums and all this other stuff. And I was like, yeah, I got in trouble for that one, so let's not bring that up. <laughs> but all this other stuff. And then you compare it with Shazam, that's so much fun and, and, and lighthearted in a big, big, 80s big movie in a superhero costume that's so much fun. You ask yourself, well, Batman is a harder edge character. 
can we slide Batman into this situation? For those who are comic book um, lovers, this reminds me of the Justice League International that J.M. Demetus did for a while, where Batman was the serious guy and everyone else told jokes and was a jokey version of their superhero mm. version. So maybe that's the approach to go where Batman is the adult in the room and, and, and Wonder Woman too, I imagine, and everyone else is more of the playful kind of gotta control them type situation. Right. We'll see. Superman can go either way, so that's not so much a concern, but certainly Batman. I mean, I totally agree with you, for yeah. one. Um, do I want to see... And, and I do like the new angle that they uh, sure. kind of went with Aquaman and Shazam. But certainly I, successful. I think it's because it fits those movies. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if necessarily a super dark, super heavy and serious Aquaman would have played really well. But I, I mean, I don't know. We That's right. not the version we saw. I like the version that we saw. I'm fine with it. I'm ready for the second one. I personally don't necessarily feel like I need to see Batman and Superman cracking jokes left and right. I right. don't think that's their character. Those are also the two most well-known mm -hmm. superheroes. Batman has been always my favorite since I was little, Batman and, and Wonder Woman. So I feel like they kind of did it okay in Justice League where they really yeah. left the jokes up mm -hmm. to the Flash, yep. to an Cyborg, Aquaman. An Aquaman. Cy Cyborg got a little bit, and yeah. then you know Wonder Woman sprinkled a little bit of, yes. of her humor in there. So I think I would like to more not completely dark and draggy and like you're just like upset and serious throughout the whole movie. These are entertainment movies, yeah. right? Uh, and I just want to see a little bit of humor sprinkled in there to lighten up certain moments. Mm -hmm. But usually with when you have a Batman or a Superman, the subject matter is a little bit heavier where yeah. they're trying to save the whole world. Right. Um, or, or Batman is, is like, for example, in the Nolan verse, mm -hmm. way more serious. But those really worked for me as well because they have little little moments in they, there. They have moments it of just comic has relief. to be well-timed. Yeah. But I don't want to see joke left and right throughout a Batman movie or a, Super, or a Superman movie. Like, that would lose me. I'd be like, this is not what I signed up for. Yeah, even the joke that's in the, in the Justice League when uh, uh, Batman, uh, you know, when Ben Affleck falls down, he's like, oh, uh, you know, I'm getting too old for this or whatever yeah. he says, or I guess I bleed. All of that, um, you, you're like, ah, I don't know if I want to go that route yes. with Batman. So I like the comedy can come from Batman being the serious one in the room when everyone else is kind of making jokes or whatever. Mm -hmm. There's the funny in the juxtaposition. You can still have it be humorous, but he doesn't lose status as a very serious detective type guy Correct. approaching it. And I know for the comic book fans and DC fans, yes, absolutely. Batman, Bruce Wayne, he has made jokes throughout the history of being yeah, Batman. Yeah, we're not saying sure. he's, he can't be funny. Right, exactly. He can, just not, but he's not a comedian. No, he's not a lighthearted <laughs> fair. You don't yeah. want lighthearted fair he's necessarily involved. He is Batman. <laughs> and not the Adam West Batman. This right. is a more serious one that we want to go to. So, um, we'll see. I mean, it's certainly a new approach that they're taking and certainly been successful. We'll see once they, Matt Reeves' Batman comes out, who's known for making darker, more serious films, uh, as you've seen the Planet of the Apes movies, but, not, but they still have humor, st but over we're all very serious. We'll see how that mixes in eventually with uh, with the Shazams, with the Aquamans, and even with the Wonder Womans. There are some lighthearted moments oh, throughout yeah. Wonder Woman, and I'm sure there will be in Wonder Woman 84 as well. Mm -hmm. We'll see how much that bleeds into to, to Batman. So a lot of interesting places for them to go with DC now.
What's our next question? All right, the next one, a final one. I'll take it. Okay, uh, yeah. This is an email from TJ Darling who writes, Hey, John, coming from your alma mater, Florida State University in Tallahassee, Seminoles. <laughs> My question is, what is your favorite song used in a film trailer? We've seen perfect example this year. For example, I got five on it from uh, us. Mm. Hi, my name is from Shazam or Smile from Joker. I feel like personally this can make or break a trailer, but one of my faves is in Deadpool's trailer and their use of X Gonna Give It To You by DMX. Thanks for answering my question and go Knowles. Go Knowles. Thank you, TJ. Uh, I will answer this qu- first and then Wendy will take My only answer to this is the Smashing Pumpkins, the beginning is the end is the beginning, which is the song they play through the Watchmen trailer. Oh. Yeah, the second one. I think it's the second one where you see the owl ship come yep. out, the night owl ship come out of the water. That slow-moving vibe, the darkness within that, that song. That was such a good moment. It's, it's so yeah. great. And I remember that I, that's one of those trailers that I have downloaded on my iTunes that I watch over and over and over Until again. Until today? Oh, what? Did you, till today? Like you still, yeah, I still really? have it there. I have that. I have 300 and a couple of other trailers, movie trailers, Logan, that I just keep on there and I will watch every once in a while to get me into a mood. And no, there's no Transformers trailers on there. But surprise. Like, surprise. <laughs> but the Watchmen one, that song, that Smashing Pumpkin song was so perfect. And when I heard that Nine Inch Nails is going to do the songs for the HBO series, that gets me even more excited. That's the vibe you want for Watchmen. I think uh, you brought up Logan. Yeah. And that was that Hurt. Oh, yeah, man. That's a great choice, Wendy. Great. Johnny Cash. I actually, that wasn't even on my list until you said it just now. So I'm adding that on my list. Uh, I got to add Thor Ragnarok, the immigrant song. Oh, yeah. Perfect addition because it was. Oh, wow. And I was like, yeah, it just it fits the vibe yeah. of the trailer. It fits the vibe that they were going for for the movie. So it take, gives you the audience kind of like a preview of this is what you're probably going to get in the movie. Right. And then they use the song appropriately, yeah. too, twice in the movie, which is fantastic. The other one uh, that I picked was, God, they're all superhero movies. <laughs> what happened? Uh, it was not on purpose. Uh, it's by uh, Run the Jewels, Legend Has It. Oh, yeah. Uh, in the Black Panther trailer, which that song did not make it onto the soundtrack. That's interesting. I know. I know. And I it was I, it wasn't in the movie either, and mm-hmm. I was listening for it, and I didn't get it, so that was a bit of a bummer. But I think these songs that have specific hits mm-hmm. or uh, beats, should I say, and that sets a specific uh, mood, mm-hmm. is really really important for yeah. a trailer. If you put the wrong song in there, it, you're like awesome looking trailer. All of a sudden, you're like, wait, what? Yeah. What happened? Why did they choose that song? Like, I've said that before. I can't think of an example now, but I definitely thought of, you know, certain trailers, and they put a song, and I was like, this was really good until the song kicked in. Like, right. it just didn't fit the vibe at all. That, that might be a question for a mailbag down the road. Yeah, what maybe. song that played over a movie trailer immediately turned you off to the movie? Mm-hmm. That one might be interesting. So if anyone's thinking of saying that question, maybe send it in. We'll answer it down the road. But I, I that's you're very right, Wendy, on that. When a trailer, a trailer's like, a, tra- a trailer's job is to get you excited about a movie and get you in the vibe of that movie. If they fail at that job, the movie could suffer financially in the box office. And if they pick the wrong song yeah. in the age of social media that we're in, they are opening themselves up to massive ridicule and memes at their expense. All of a sudden, you're trending on Twitter. It's like, why did they put this song in this trailer? Yeah. And all the fans all are like the mad reasons. about it. They're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible choice. I'm not why would you do that? that. <laughs> it's true. 
Uh, well, let us know what your answers are to these questions, you know, especially the DC one. And what's your favorite song that you've heard on a trailer that got you even more excited to see the movie? You know, it's always fun to read through the YouTube comments and see what you all think. I, I always enjoy doing that. After I don't always respond, but I love hearing what you all have to say. Uh, I want to thank you guys for sending in your questions. You know, you send them in on social media, on Instagram and uh, uh, Twitter. When we put the calls out, put that hashtag Collider Mailbag on there. It makes it easier to find. And if you're not on social media or you don't like social media, you don't want to even be on there, then you can email us, mailbag at collider.com. Always great to read your questions. I want to thank Wendy Lee for stopping by. Wendy, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Wendy Lee Zaney. And thanks for having me. This That's is so fun. That's always fun to have you on. And of course, you have your uh, own YouTube. What is it? I have my own YouTube channel. It's called The Movie Couple. You can find trailer reactions and reviews, movie reviews, vlogs. Yeah. We eat a lot of things on the channel. So it's come a good and follow. watch us eat things. Yeah, I went there one time with her to a maestro sausage place. Oh, one my of the God. best afternoons I've ever spent. For days in yeah. our freezer. <laughs> I, it took me six months to finish all that sausage. It was so damn good. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, thanks, everybody, for watching this episode of Collider Mailbag. You can follow me at The Roca Says. As always, please subscribe to Collider and share this video on your social media. As I said, leave your answers to these questions in the comments section below. And enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Get ready for Game of Thrones. Don't forget to watch with us later on tonight and then also watch our review after afterwards our live review afterwards discussing everything we just saw in that episode have a great time this sunday take care we'll see you next week for another episode of collider mailbag there's an underdog story happening today in america small businesses are fighting to make a comeback but in the moment they have the least they're giving the most They're rallying communities and neighborhoods, yet asking for little in return. Well, it's time we gave back. Small Unites is making it simple for everyone to take action and support the small businesses that unite us all. Find out how you can donate, shop, and share today at smallunites.org.